Welcome back, Firestarters. I am so excited to bring you another guest episode today that is one of my near and dear friends. She and I are in a mastermind together, and she is actually an upcoming speaker at our Females on Fire Summit as well. So I'm super excited to introduce you to Heidi Bushy. We just call her Heidi B, and she is a speaker, a business coach, and the author of Relationship Ready. And today, Heidi and I are getting into a deep, meaningful, somewhat frustrating, and even scary conversation about imposter syndrome. We talk about how it shows up for you and your business and how it affects you in your business and how you can kind of start to overcome it, even though imposter syndrome really may always be there, how you can learn to deal with it, how we, how you can put it aside and thrive and be successful anyway. So this is such a great conversation that I know we all need to hear. So I'm not going to keep you anymore. Let's dive in with Heidi B. Hey there, gorgeous. And welcome to the females on fire podcast, where we talk all things, marketing, business, and personal development. I'm your host, Haley Luckadoo the marketing coach, motivational speaker, and Dr. Pepper lover with a mission to connect you with the most incredible women I can find and the tools you need to chase those crazy audacious dreams of yours. So welcome to the club, Firestarter. Now let's turn that spark of an idea into a wildfire of success. Ready for four days that will change your life, Firestarter? The Females on Fire Summit is back for its third round, taking place August 8th through the 11th, with over 40 sessions that will help you grow your business and yourself, tons of live networking, and of course, our virtual dance party. It is going to be four straight days of action-packed fun, education, and motivation. If you have not attended before, trust me, you don't want to miss it. And if you have joined us in the past, you know, we just had to make it even bigger and better. This round is sponsored by the color cure and between them, our other sponsors and speakers and the huge announcement we have coming plus all the giveaways. There is so much in store for attendees this time around. Registration is open now, and you can grab your completely free ticket by heading to femalesonfiresummit.com. And I hope that I will see you there in August. Hi, Heidi. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. I am so excited that you're here. Haley, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for sharing your platform with me. I cannot wait to talk about everything with you. Oh my gosh, everything we could say, we both know we could sit here all day. We're just talking about that. Uh, but I'm, I'm so excited to have you on. I know we've gotten to be really good friends just from some similar communities that we're in and stuff. And I love your energy. You definitely match my energy. So having you on the podcast was a no brainer. Uh, but before we get into everything I know that we'll get into today, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about you and your story and how you got here? Oh, I love this. Yeah. Our energy is a total vibe match. So if you, so like, if you're listening, just like strap your, put your helmet on, like strap, like, here we go. It's, yep, you're going to need it. 
Yeah, so I am a speaker, author, and business coach. I help uh, entrepreneurial women generate momentum and cash in their businesses, and I hold space for them um, to help them stay in the game because the reality of entrepreneurship is it's a complete roller coaster, um, and there are incredible highs. There are amazing wins. I, I personally feel like every day that you wake up and you're still an entrepreneur, you should, like, celebrate. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, I'm doing this for another 24 hours. Amazing. Congratulations to me. Pat on the back. You know, nice. whatever. It's just, it's such a wild ride, and I mean, I think there is a lot of talk about um, failure as fuel and how we fail faster, how we fail forward, especially, I mean, that, that talk, that kind of language actually comes across all, I think through all coaching, but I just think it's important to remind people that like, it is going to happen and it probably won't feel as good as like these dude bros out here talking about failure <laughs> as fuel, like make you make it seem like it's, it's not going to feel good to fail. Yeah. So it's important to me that the women that I work with know that like, yeah, failure is part of the game. It's a, it, it's not like we expect to fail at everything, but just we accept that failure is going to happen, whether it's like a bad launch or, you know, a missed, a missed program, like something that you, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And it's important for them to know that like, I've got you, I'm going to help you stay in the game. We're going to get through it. It's not going to feel good, but on the other side of it, we'll be able to share that experience as well. And just kind of add that it doesn't even add like a, not add a layer, but like unpeel even another layer of um, authenticity and vulnerability. So that is the work that I do. It's like the, the zone of genius for me. It's always what's on my heart. And I combine that with like being a hype man. I feel like I love hyping my clients up <laughs> and letting them know, but like I'm here for them all the, all the way. And that, and really believing in them before they can necessarily even believe in themselves, right? Like every single client I have, I'm like, this idea is great. And it's not just like blowing smoke. It's like, right, we get an idea, we, we start to craft the offer. And it's like, look, this is a money maker. This is what we are doing. Because there are so many places to get distracted along the way and like to kind of like downgrade what, we are, what we're offering. And then, then we're not making money, but we need to be making money so that we can fund the vision. It's okay to be making money. We have permission to make the money. Like we all want to be rich. It's fine to acknowledge it. Like <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So that is a, uh, wow, that's all over the board, but that's what I do. That's the stuff that's on my heart. Yes. I love it. And you just said, we want to be rich. And I'm like dying. I'm rich. like in our little friend group, you have a motto for us. You have a motto for us. Uh, Girl, are you going to be so rich? You're going to be so rich. Be so uh, rich. I love it. I feel like saying entrepreneurship is a roller coaster is like the biggest understatement ever. Like, right. <laughs> because it's like, yeah. it's a roller coaster that like never ends and never stops. And it's like, that one roller coaster that everybody's like, oh, seven people have died on that. You know, it's like, it's just up and it's down and it's, up and it's down. It never, literally never stops. So yeah, I, and I mean, the thing that. that's, the thing that's challenging about that is that most people on social media are only telling, are only showing you when they're at the top of the roller coaster. Yep. Like one Absolutely. of the things that is, um, for me, one of the core values of my business is candor. And I will always talk about the stuff that has happened to me at the bottom of the roller coaster, including like one time I created an online course without asking anybody what they wanted. Um, and I sold none, like not even my mom, my mom didn't even <laughs> buy it. Like nobody bought it. Oh, um, mama. And then, and then I doubled down on it because I decided the problem was visibility. So I funneled like probably $7,000 of Facebook advertising to yep. it and still nobody bought it. So do I have $7,000 in credit card debt? Yes, I do. Is that like, <laughs> gonna, is that going to cripple me? Absolutely not. But it's like, you know, I learned, uh, it was an expensive lesson, right? Like I learned some stuff about how I want to do business and what it takes to, um, launch a, an online course, you know, like, uh, news alert, like, it's not what I thought it was <laughs> like, newsflash, like it, I thought, when it is it ever, <laughs> when is it ever what you thought it was? Right. No, yeah. I love that. And I, I think that's honestly, I think that's part of the reason that like we hit it off and we're friends mm -hmm. is just like, I respect that so much because I think this could be like a whole episode on its own. So we won't get too into it, but 
I feel like in entrepreneurship, there is this like, there's this weird space of people constantly working to climb the ladder. And then this moment where everybody beneath them on the ladder is like, you've done it. You're, you're there. Like, <laughs> you made it. Show us the way. And then they're like, oh, the way is all of these beautiful mountaintops that I've stood on. Like, I don't, don't go look at my old content. Don't let me tell you about all the horrible things that happened. Let me just teach you my five hacks for social media. Yes. Like, that's yes. what it looks like. And it's like, where do you, like, when did you cross this rung of the ladder where all of a sudden, like nothing is real. And it's like, oh, fa- I, you know, sure. I failed thousands of times. I'm just not going to tell you about them. Like, yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that's so valuable about it is like, is understanding that like, first of all, I say this a lot to my clients and I say it to remind myself, I say it to my clients, I say it to my community and I say it to remind myself because like, I need to hear myself say it, which is that there's no one way, right? Yes. So what works, like what <laughs> works for you, for Haley Luckadoo and Females on Fire, you can make some suggestions about what you've learned, Absolutely. but like, that's not the only way for, for a business to pan out, right? So it's like, I encourage everyone I work with, like get really clear with themselves about what types of content creation bring them joy, what kinds of services that they want to provide that actually bring them joy, how they want to market and sell those things in a way that is joyful, energizing, and inspiring. Because like, if I'm excited about it, if I'm energized about it, then like my people are going to hear that and they're going to want to buy it. But if like, I'm trying to sell you something in a way that like a mentor of mine said, this is the way you do it. And I'm like, not really bought into it. Like that, that won't convert. Right. So conversion, I think, and selling is about like really believing in the stuff that you do and knowing that that's the stuff that brings you joy. And the second piece about what you're talking about, like when it's like these people who have this extreme success and they share with you their five hacks, it's like, yes, the five hacks are informative, but they will not teleport you to that mountaintop. You still have to do the climb. Like you still have to go through the journey. And that has been a hard lesson. I say that because that's a lesson I had to learn myself as well. I just like for at least a year of being in business, I really thought like, okay, who do I have to pay? Yeah. Like who's got the magic formula? Who will I hire to be my mentor or my coach? It's going to tell me exactly how to do it. And then it's going to just like bypass all the struggle. And the reality is like the journey is the destination or what I'm like rolling my eyes. I hate that saying the journey (laughs) is the destination, right? No, I think it's so true though. And like, I just think we, it's funny because I'm, I'm sitting here thinking like, wow, this is actually getting us into our topic. And I'm sitting here like, oh, it's a separate topic. It's really not. But I think you know, you're a coach. I'm a coach. We get it. Like the coaching industry is so full of that. It's so full of Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I learned from a mentor that this is the way to do it. And now I'm taking that information and I'm teaching it to other people, even though Mm -hmm. it has never really worked for me exactly the way they taught it. And I think that's the biggest problem in the coaching industry right now. And I think this is why so many people are so hesitant to invest in themselves and invest in their business is because they've been burned by coaches and by service providers who literally have not taken the things that they're learning and, you know, mix them all together, put their own spin on it, gone out, tried to implement it, failed, tried something else, failed, tried something else, failed over mm-hmm. and over and over again until they found the formula that worked for them. And yeah. then can come up and say, Hey, here's a new way you may not have heard of that worked for me. Now it may not work for you, but take what you need and go figure it out. And that's yeah. like, when I think about the things I've done right in my business, it has never been just straight off the advice of one mentor. It has been some like combination of, well, this person did this and this person did that. And this person said not to do this. And if I like combine all of that and focus it in on the goal that I have, 
we're going to try it this way. Like we're going to do this. And that's when it gets really successful. And I think it's really important for us to make note of that, that you can invest in all the things you can take in all the advice. It's great to have mentors, but they don't have that like magic, you know, secret that you were talking about. There's no one magic word that's going to get you there. Right. I really think what you're talking about is the idea of like internalizing the information that we hear, like all the knowledge Ah. that we get, all the classes we get, whatever, like we've really internalized and embodied it when we've started to practice it ourselves. And when we started to see whether, what kind of results it yields. And I think there is a lack of internalization around, um, you know, strategy and stuff like that. The other thing I will say, um, is that I think it's so important to ask if, if you're considering hiring a coach, I think one of the most important questions to ask is like, what are their thoughts on results and failure? So like, I really think it's important to know like how your coach perceives um, or how your coach responds to like when you don't generate, like if, when you don't get the return on investment. So like if you give a coach $10,000 and you don't make your $10,000 back, do they have a money back guarantee? Are they going to give you your money back? Are they going to gaslight you and tell you that it's your, your problem that you didn't, you know, like maybe you just had bad thoughts or something about your business. And so like, that's why you didn't make your money back. So, and like, I, I mean, it's silly, but there are people out there that, that will gaslight you around your so many. success or failure. Right. So it's like, those are, to me, it's like, we get caught up in, in the conversations that we have with coaches, we get excited, right. Because they're selling us the dream. They're telling us that we can do it too. We want to do the dream. We really, really want it. And we forget to ask like, okay, well, what happens if I give you $10,000 because let's be honest, a high ticket, that's like a, that's not even actually a high ticket coach. That's like a mid range yep. ticket. Right. So what does happen if I give you my $10,000 and like, I don't make it back. Um, are you willing to talk to me about a uh, refund? Are you willing to offer me additional coaching or, or how do you respond to clients that struggle with stuff like this? Cause you probably won't be the first client they've ever had that didn't, you know, didn't make their money back or, or is that a thing that regularly happens? So I think that's an important question that I know I forgot to ask for a long time. Um, but it's on my radar now. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I think it's so important, like, you know, and yeah, like there are people who they'll hire a coach. They won't make their money back right away, but they know they've gotten the things out of it. They needed to get out of it. Right. But like, I think that's such an important question because it's like, I I mean, you want to know, like if I, succeed or if I fail, like, what does that look like to me? But what does it look like of the coach that I'm hiring? And I think as coaches, we have to be willing to step in and say like, okay, this is what my clients typically deem as success, whether it's a monetary thing, or it's like hitting a certain goal or certain milestone, or just like getting clarity or like whatever it is, here's what they typically define as success. And here's what they typically define as failure. If that looks different for you, then we need to discuss that beforehand and know what your goals are so that I can be the right coach for you. Right. Like, so that I can show up knowing what your goal is and knowing what headspace you're coming in with. Yeah. And I think like, to me, that's what separates good coaches from bad ones is just like, are you willing to stand in integrity for two minutes and say, Hey, there's a possibility that I'm not the right coach for you because right. my clients typically come in for these things and yeah. you're looking for this. Yeah. Or like a perfect example of this is I will never forget. I paid, I won't name them here, but I paid a coach a substantial amount of money and I was in the coaching container and started to talk about a challenge I was having in my business. And I said, Oh, I'm really struggling with blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm really struggling. And I, as soon as I said the word struggling, I got interrupted And like told that by even using that language, I was like deterring, I was, I was like, 
uh, I can't think of the word. I was like pushing away success by even being willing to say the word struggle. So like, look, I'm not here for that. I want to be coached by somebody who can allow me to have a human experience while I'm on the roller coaster because it's so much up and down, right? So that's why I think this is so important because like if I would have known that like I would, I was not going to be allowed to actually have a human experience, I never would have given them my money. You know, like if if I would have realized that I was media gaslit, even just around the language that I was using to describe the experience that I was actually having, I never would have given them my money. Right. But you know, like I didn't even think to ask that question. And so it's like, that is it. So moving forward, anytime I invest in coaching or mentorship, like I need to know that like, I'm not trying to like wallow in self-pity. I'm just trying to be able to at least like have the space to talk honestly and with candor about like how I feel about what's happening in my business. Oh my gosh. Like preach, just preach. Like this is a whole thing. I literally (laughs) like, anyway, so that's the kind of coach I am. I know you you said that. And I'm so like, like literally right now thinking of an experience where I've had four different coaches and mentors, four different Mm -hmm. people who all mean, well, I have gotten so much out of them, Mm -hmm. but it drives me nuts because I know how important mindset is. I know that it's a big piece of the puzzle. I know a lot of people think they have a, uh, like more tactical problem when it's really their mindset mm-hmm. for me, that is usually not always, but usually not the case. Like I've yeah. got the mindset part. Down. I've worked hard on it, but yeah. for like two years now, I've had four different coaches and mentors. I'll go to say something. And I'm like, yeah, in the past, I've been really bad at launching. Now, uh-huh. what I mean is I've been actually bad at launching. Like I don't, <laughs> I didn't do the work to do the launch correctly. So I literally was bad at launching. And the second I say it, they're like, no, 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 no. You can't talk that way. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like I'm literally bad at like, I've been bad at launching. Like I have not done the thing. And they're like, no, but you can't say that you're bad at launching. You need to reframe. And I'm like, there's nothing to reframe. I have physically been bad at the thing. Like, I mean, to me, it's like, can you imagine like some like 17 year old kid who's never played baseball in their life, walking onto their high school baseball field and being like, I want to join the team and get a college scholarship. And they're like, okay, let's see you hit a ball. And they swing 10 times and never even come close. And they're like, Hey, you're like bad at baseball because you've never really done it before. It wouldn't be like, Oh, if you'll just reframe your mindset, you'll hit that ball. No, you have no training. You have no skills. Like you're not going to, you're not going to hit it unless you get lucky once. Like it drives me crazy because it's like, yes, there is a certain level of making sure that your, your clients and your customers are holding themselves accountable and doing the work and showing up. And I don't believe you should just like give refunds every time somebody doesn't hit the goal. right? Right. And there's a certain level of hold them accountable, make sure they hold themselves accountable. Yes. There might be some mindset work involved. But then on the other side of the coin, it's like, it can't always be a mindset issue. No, I totally agree. It can't always be an accountability thing, right? I totally agree. I totally agree. And like the, the mindset issue thing is actually, to me, it reminds me so much of like spiritual bypassing. Whereas yeah. like, instead of like actually acknowledging and honoring what's been going on for us, we just go like spiritual bypassers and be like, it's okay. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, the universe has got you or whatever. And like what we actually know, I mean, spiritual bypassing is like a, a more common discussion than like this kind of mindset bypassing yep. that you're talking about. But what we know is that when we honor and acknowledge and integrate all the pieces of our history of our lives or whatever, that's a much more powerful place to be an embodied place to be than in this denial of like, oh, 
it wasn't that bad or it didn't happen or like the reframe. So it's like, you know, I, I just know, in, I just know that like a denial mindset of like pretending that that stuff doesn't happen or that that experience doesn't matter or that it wasn't what it was or that it's all up here. That's not as a powerful of a place to be as a fully embodied mindset that accepts like who I am, what my experiences have been, how they have given, I, I actually think the reframe and like a failed launch is not like to not call it a failure or to not call it bad, but to say, oh, it didn't go right. And I got curious about where it didn't go right. And it yes. turned out it didn't go right because like, I actually forgot to show up and tell anyone about it or, <laughs> or like whatever it was, right? Like that's an embodied and powerful mindset that actually I think will put like gas on the fire to get you to your goal as opposed mm. to pretending that it was not a problem or that it wasn't problematic or that it, it wasn't bad. And so it's like, to me, it's like that, that uh, like culture of like focusing on the verbiage is actually just about erasing the experiences that we have. And I don't think it creates as powerful of a coaching, or like of a coaching practice or of a business. If we just try to pretend that, oh, it's just the way I said it was wrong. Like, no, that's not really, that's denial, right? So like, we, we all know that like living in a place of denial is like not, that's not an empowered place to be. A truly empowered place to be is to be honest and acknowledge what, what has been for you and to go, and then to get curious about that. Why has it been that way? Oh, I forgot to send my mailing list out or whatever it was. And then to go, okay, so in the future, I'm going to try X, Y, and Z. I think the reframe is actually in getting into the details and getting curious about why it didn't go the way you thought it was going to go, as opposed to just like calling it something different. Yes, I 110% agree with that. Oh girl, yeah. we are onto something. Yeah, over here. like, oh my gosh, this could be like a whole webinar. <laughs> like we could just blow up the coaching industry with this. Yeah. No, but I I, I, so. I think it's a, like to me, anytime somebody has said that to me where I'm like, ah, oh, in the past. And I I always say in the past. I'm never like, yeah. I'm bad at launching. I've always been like, yeah, in yeah. the past, I was yeah. bad at launching. And I'm like, in the past, I've been bad at launching. And they're like, oh, you need to reframe that. You don't need to say that. I'm like, bye. No, nope, I will second, check out so fast. Yes. The second they say that I'm like, wow, you don't have a, you don't have a solution for me. Do you, which yes. is fine. Like, I don't expect the coaches that I hire to have an answer to every single problem that I have. I mean, I expect them to have some answers. Some so answers. Yes. Say, some answers. Yes, absolutely. Like they should have way more answers than me. Right. Yeah. But, especially to a problem, like, especially to something like launching, right? Yes, there are absolutely. all these coaches that are scaling and launching. And so if I come to you and say, Hey, I haven't been good at this. Rather than giving me a lecture that requires me to deny my experience, why don't you sit, why don't you get down in the dirt with me? Get into my yes. computer. You know, you know why? Because a canned lecture on language is quicker to deliver than actually getting in the weeds with your client and helping them figure. And you it don't out. have to get your hands dirty for giving a, right. a canned lecture, right? That's the, yeah. that's my problem. Is the coaches that aren't willing to do the work, and it's like. Yeah oh, like you got here and you have some of the answers and I know you're working on other things and I know you have mentors and I know you're still climbing the ladder, mm -hmm. like reach down and pull some people up. And in order to yes. reach down and pull some people up, you have to sometimes take a couple steps back and go down to them and physically do the work to pull them up with them. And also like, I'm not asking you to do it for free. I'm yeah. Like, oh my gosh. It's just, it's wild. We could, oh my God, we could blow up the whole coaching industry with this conversation. I, but I, I think it's important. And I think this is cool that we started this this way. Cause we had no really set, like, this is how we're going to get into this conversation, but yeah. we were going to talk about imposter syndrome. And I really love that we started this this way, because I think everything we just said is 
a huge reason why imposter syndrome is even a problem because yeah. it's like everybody is hopping on Instagram and, and jumping on TikTok and getting on Pinterest and seeing, you know, six figure businesses and seven figure businesses and people saying, oh, I launched this little $27 product and I made six figures in a weekend while like sipping my ties by the pool. And it's like, how did you like, how did you do that? How did you get there with a $27 product? Like, what did you do? And they're like, oh my God, I just believed in myself. And I hired a VA and she created the product for me. And then like pricing psychology, you should make it. And then seven, and that'll do it for you, girl. Like, no, honestly, I feel like the the low ticket item generating a million dollars in a weekend is like the Loch Ness monster of entrepreneurship. Truly. truly. It's not real. Tell me again. Tell me again. (laughs) You know, you're up. I mean, you're absolutely right. That is a huge, there are uh, one last thing around this conversation that we're pivoting from, which is just that. Um, which is just to say all of these things that I, you know, the discussion that you and I are having about like kind of mindset bypass or denial mindset or mindset gaslighting, like at, at their core, those have been painful lessons for me to learn. They've been painful and expensive because they often leave me confused (laughs) and like with less clarity and less money, but they have informed the way that I coach. So one of the things that I do in my business is I'm like, well, if you let's figure it out together, right? Like I am, I am, I am not at a place where I'm scaled beyond getting in the pool with my clients and figuring out like how to do the backstroke together. Yes. Right. So that is Amen. an important piece for me. Like that is the way that I alchemize like that kind of fail. I, I guess I would call it air quotes failure. That's the way I would alchemize that kind of pain into production or productivity would be to go, okay, well, at least now I know how I'm not going to run my business. At least now I know how I'm not going to gaslight my clients around this. So if I'm not going to put in everything on mindset, what kind of strategy do we need to be talking about? And so that really helps me show up into the world, into the world and into my business as a different and more empowered woman. But the thing about imposter syndrome that's so wild is like, there are so many kind of layers to internalizing imposter syndrome. And I think that one of them, of course, is seeing everyone's highlights on social media, the, the elusive $27 to million dollar conversion. <laughs> and, um, and the idea that like, and, and I guess what it makes me think of is just to like really clarify when I'm talking about imposter syndrome, when we're talking about imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome is the idea that like you didn't deserve your success and that because you found yourself successful by accident, you cannot recreate it. You can't um, expand on it because it's all like at the behest of like an accidental hire or, you know, the algorithm did this for you or whatever it was. Right. So when we find ourselves in a place of imposter syndrome, it actually, it turns out that it's in large, what it does for us is it creates this space where we don't trust ourselves to yeah. replicate the process or to recreate the success. We're like, oh, it's a fluke, right? That's, I mean, I think one of the most common experiences of imposter syndrome that people have is when you are working corporate and you get a job and you're, you like show up the first day and you're like, oh, they, they made a mistake. Like, yeah. what do I do? <laughs> like, uh, Where do I even like, get the coffee? Like, I don't yeah, even know like, what to do. Uh, was I, you know, like, was that person even qualified to hire me? Were they <laughs> attempt like whatever, right? So I think that's a very relatable experience, but you know, one of the things about imposter syndrome is that there's a lot of layers to it because capitalism creates imposter syndrome, which is the idea that, you know, productivity is the end all be all that like, yeah. in order to have value, we must produce. Um, patriarchy creates imposter syndrome. It, it has benefited cis white het men for, I think that's maybe redundant, it has benefited <laughs> old white guys for a long time for women to be kind of swirling around second guessing themselves instead of changing the world in the way that they want. And then there's a lens of it that comes from social media of like seeing everybody's success and assuming that like, that's not possible for you or that like, 
you couldn't get that lucky or that you couldn't create it. And in large part, especially with the social media lens, you know, people aren't, they're not, people's receipts are not out there. So, you know, if somebody has a million dollars in revenue, they might've also put out 900, $99,999 $99,999 in ads to make yep. $1 in profit, right? So we don't always see the full story. But, you know, those three lenses alone, capitalism, patriarchy, and social media, those layers can really undermine our ability to trust ourselves and to believe that we can create or recreate our own success. Yeah. And I think it's just amazing to me, like how all these t- conversations tie together, because it's like, I think even for me, like a lot of times, and I'm sure you've felt this way too. A lot of times, like when I did something, when I had that moment of success where it's like, oh my gosh, I did that. Like Mm -hmm. I'm literally sitting there. Like, I don't know if I trust myself to do it again, because I'm not sure I did it right the first (laughs) time. And it's, and it's stemming from that conversation of like looking at how everybody else is doing it on social media and going, okay, well, I made it happen. I did it. But I Mm -hmm. really, it's like you said, not trusting yourself and not feeling like you can recreate the results. I don't think I can do it again because I didn't do it like she did it, or I didn't do it the way that my coach is telling me to do it. Or I went against the grain on this thing. And Mm -hmm. I think I just got lucky this time because everybody else is telling me this way shouldn't have worked. And it's like, to me, like if you found something where it's like, you went against the grain, you're mentors like maybe helped you, but we're kind of saying like, oh, this isn't quite the way you want to do this. Like that is what you should lean into really freaking hard because it's like, if you did it once, Mm -hmm. try to do it again, at least, right? Like see what happens because you might be onto something. Like you might be onto an easier way or like a better way than what your mentors knew. You might be onto a way that pulls people up faster, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and for me, like anytime I'm creating something, that's kind of always my thought process is like, where did I struggle with this thing? And how can Mm -hmm. I condense this journey down so that it makes it so much easier for the people going through this program or the, like, how can I cut all the BS out of it that I had to like, you know, quote unquote, learn along the way, like all the, all the mindset crap that, like I said, I think mindset is huge. I think it's really important, but some of it is like, like garbage. I mean, I guess, like, I think there's a level of it, that's oh, it, is, it, is. it but it is. I I'm yeah. amazed how every single, everything has a mindset piece to it. And I'm like, that's yeah. not always necessarily like, sometimes it is just tactical. Sometimes it is just strategy. Right. And so like, where can I cut out some of the mindset stuff that was really unnecessary that I was paying thousands of dollars for and didn't actually need and pull people up faster. Right. Like that's yeah, what I'm always exactly. thinking. I know. And honestly, I think, way. I think that is like the crux of the type of coach that you and I both are. So not only yes. is it about like, am I willing to get in with my clients and like really get into the nitty gritty of like what's going on and what's working, what's not working. But also it's like, look, uh, this journey right now, I'm at four years on my journey. I don't want anyone else taking four years to get to where I'm at, right? So how can I make this faster for you? And in a large part, one of the things that has emerged for me is the willingness to like get on calls with people, get on video with people. I'm stepping away with like from like a traditional sales funnel. You will not find a downloadable PDF anywhere on my, you will not (laughs) find a downloadable PDF. It is not, don't even waste your time looking, right? That's just, in part, that's because of like the industry that, you know, the, the niche that I'm in. But also in part, because I realized that people don't want an, a downloadable PDF of like my top five tips. What somebody actually wants is 30 minutes 
with me on a one-to-one call, getting some clear action that they can take, assessing some results, whatever it is, trying to figure out like the next thing. That is where the value is, you know? And, And the reality, the thing that's so wild about that is like, that value is like just in me. I don't have to do anything else but show up as me to deliver value. And all of the rest of these, there's so much noise out here, capitalism, patriarchy, social media saying, deliver value. You have to find a way to deliver value through the sales funnel. What it's like, no, you are valuable. Show up as you. Yeah. And you will be able to like and show up in the easiest way. You don't need a script. You don't need a, a thing. You get to like the beauty of social media is that now we all have like our own little TV stations at our <laughs> fingertips. We can all just go, oh, I guess I'm Literally. going to for my afternoon show today, the Heidi show or whatever, yeah. right? And it's like, I don't have, we don't have to spin our wheels creating a bunch of stuff to deliver value. We are innately valuable. Our experiences make us valuable. So even just by showing up and recording 30 seconds talking about something that was your experience and that happened today you're delivering value it doesn't have to be packaged pretty it doesn't need like a pretty tile on the front of it it just needs to be out there and so it's like oh my god i'm on a rant now i can't even remember where the rant started but the no point is- no it's so good it's so good it's so good i love it no and i i love this because like i'm such a funnels girl like you know i'm a marketing coach like funnels are my jam i love it but I see so much value in what you're saying because it's like, I, I really do believe like I'm one of those marketing coaches that's like, yes, there's some ser- seriously intense value in funnels. And if you create them right, like they're going to skyrocket your business. It's going to be amazing. But if, again, if they're built right. And right. sometimes just, I mean, I think sometimes we're like, oh, funnel will save me. Let me just slap a lead magnet yes. together and slap yes. an upsell together. And that will sell people into my high ticket program. Like it's nothing. It's like, no, that's again, not the magical solution. So like, yeah, funnels can be great. Lead magnets can be cool. Upsells are awesome. Like, yeah, absolutely. But if you don't have the piece that you just said first, then the Mm -hmm. funnels and the upsells and the social media and all that stuff is going to do you absolutely no good. If you don't know how to show up, if you don't know how to show up and give value as just you, just yourself, when it's not packaged pretty and it doesn't have a cute little design cover and there's not a fancy sales page, if you can't show up and give value then, then the sales page, the cute funnel, the all this stuff is completely useless because it does no good. And I think what can be challenging as a new entrepreneur is trying to figure out the discernment that is required between what's all of these tools and when they are useful. So I think a lot of times what happens is somebody decides they're going to be an entrepreneur because actually I, as much as I bag on funnels and (laughs) and landing pages, I actually think they are very useful when you have an established business and you are ready to scale. But the problem is I think so many new entrepreneurs go, oh, I just, all I need is a lead magnet and a funnel and I'll be ready to go. And then they spend 10 grand or five grand or whatever on getting somebody to build them this funnel, but they don't have any organic traffic to send to it. They're not, you know, like the, the fun, the foundational pieces are missing. And one of the things that's tough out there is that there are, a pl- there's a plethora of people trying to sell you that stuff that don't care about whether or not you're actually ready. So like, it's like, it kind of goes back to what you're talking about, just the integrity of being like, look, am I, am I going to take on a client who I know is like, you would never do that. You would never create a funnel system for somebody who didn't have the foundational pieces in place. So, um, so yeah, so I think that developing the discernment around like, when do I need to scale? What tools do I need to scale? And what does it actually mean? Like, how will I know when I'm ready to scale? Like, I would honestly say like, you probably don't need any of these tools to scale until you've made 75K within 12 months of your business. Once you've started to make 75K to 100K in your business in a calendar year, that doesn't have to be from January to January, right? In a 12 month period, if you're making 
once you've hit that step. And I think that's why the six figure mark is like such a magical mark for people yep. because it's like, okay, now we are at a place where we can seriously talk about scaling where funnels might make sense, where a landing page makes sense, where some lead makes make sense, where you have a lot of organic content, but like it, it out the gate, it's not, it's not for, it's not for, it's not for everybody. But, um, yeah. So now we are like three steps away from imposter syndrome, but I do have a <laughs> suggestion. No, about imposter I love, syndrome. no, I love it. I love it. And I, I think it's so important too, because like, I mean, I just think about those milestones, like the six figure mark and stuff like that. It doesn't change you. Like it doesn't change your, if you make $90,000 one year and $110,000 the next year, I guarantee you like, yeah, you're sitting around going, I hit six figures. I did it. Yay. And you're celebrating, but it didn't change you. Like it literally did nothing special for your business. You brought in an extra 20 K good for you. Awesome. Like but nobody celebrates that going from 50 to 70 or 150 to 170, right? Like right. they're just like, oh, I made 20K more. That's awesome. Great. Give me a cookie. Like, I mean, yeah. and we move on. It's like, why are these milestones even milestones? Because it's like, and that's what I'm always telling my clients is like, don't set a milestone just because like you hear it and it sounds good. Like yeah, 100K should not be the goal if you don't even know what you would use that 100K for. Like, why do you need it? Why do you want yeah. it? What's the income you need to make? What do you, what's the revenue that you need to make? But I think like, I think that's what's, I, I think that feeds a lot into imposter syndrome because it's like, even if we have a launch that goes really well and we're like, wow, like I did better than I thought I would. Like I brought in more people than I thought I would on this launch or whatever, but I didn't hit six figures. And then I hop on Instagram and everybody's talking about their six figure launches that just happened. It's like that imposter syndrome sets in and it's like, wow, I did the thing, but I didn't, I obviously didn't do it right. So, yeah, and totally, how do you like, what's your, what's your advice for navigating that in the moment when it's like, oh, so Haley, it's like you were, it's like you're in my brain. It's like, you <laughs> knew what I wanted to talk about next. And Haley didn't say, totally we didn't did. like, we did not do like an outline or anything for the episode. So this was beautiful transition because just really one of the it. things one of, <laughs> you are, you are an excellent podcast. Host. Um, one of the, one of my favorite tools to use around imposter syndrome is I want everybody out there who is in a place where you can feel it coming on or you, you know, basically I just want everyone out there to do this. I want you to go ahead and take, like set a timer on your phone. I want you to take a three to five minute period to just like list out some shit that you did that you, stuff that you accomplished, shit yep. that you survived. Like maybe you got an appendectomy during COVID and you came out with flying colors. Maybe <laughs> you, you know, maybe you got a, a business, uh, maybe you got an MBA, maybe you got a two-year degree, maybe you launched your business, maybe you wrote a, maybe you wrote a chapter of your book, maybe you started your podcast, maybe, maybe you just, not just, maybe you kept your family alive and everybody's heads above water over the last two and a half years that have been so crazy. So it's like, no accomplishment is too small. And I want you to have like a list of the real stuff. Like maybe you got sober, maybe you quit smoking, maybe you took your mental health to like a new place, right? Just, I, I think it's so important to have like a, a categorical list of like just the stuff that we have accomplished, that we have survived, like our victories, right? Stuff that at the end of the day, you're like, wow, I, uh, like I made it through 100% of my bad days and here is some proof. Um, and actually one of the things that we'll do is I have a beautiful meditation that I like to do around this list, but I'm not gonna make your listeners meditate with us right now. But if they join us for the Females on Fire Summit. Yes, work that in will, girl, work that they in. Will get, they will get to do this gorgeous meditation 
uh, where we meet our younger selves and, um, and show them this list and like just kind of bask in the awe that they have for us, right? So I like to take people on that journey, the meditative journey to the younger self. But then the other thing is once you've got the list, I want you to keep it near you, wherever it is that you experience imposter syndrome. So if you log into work every day, or like if you, you know, get on your phone to create content every day, I want your list to be your wallpaper or something, right? Because yeah. I want you to just remind, like, just to remind yourself of who you are, right? Yes. And um, because that compare and despair is so real. And it really, the thing that is, I think the saddest about compare and despair is that it deters us from delivering our unique gifts to the world because we get so caught up in our head about who we are, who we aren't, um, that we become unwilling to share, you know, the gifts that have been placed on our hearts, the, re you know, some of the reasons that we're here. So, um, that is my number one tool for navigating, um, imposter syndrome would be to like, get this list together and like really feel it. I love that so much because it's like, I always think too, anytime you do an exercise like that, I think you always surprise yourself yes. with how much you've really done. And like how mm -hmm. much you've really accomplished. And especially mm -hmm. like you were saying, like, if you let it, if you just let it go and you're like, everything counts, like, everything. Fact, you, you know, you said at the very beginning of this episode, if you get up in the morning and you are still an <laughs> entrepreneur, <laughs> you did it like, congrats, get a cookie. You made it here. Yeah. Like, and I, I think that, but I think that's really important because like, when you look at the amount of small business owners and entrepreneurs that drop out in a year. Mm -hmm that drop out in three, right. Mm -hmm. That, that just can't cut it for whatever reason, whether it's like, they just didn't want to try anymore or something happened or whatever. Like the percentages are outstandingly high. And yeah. I, I do think that's a huge celebratory thing that if you made it one more day in entrepreneurship, especially mm -hmm. after a, you know, quote unquote field launch, especially mm -hmm. after you didn't get the gig that you wanted, especially mm -hmm. after you've been, you know, producing a podcast for 20 straight weeks and nobody's still listening, especially when oh. you went live and all the tech failed yesterday, right? Like <laughs> yeah. every single time that you remained an entrepreneur, every single time that you got up when your alarm went off, every single mm. time that you walked yourself into the office and said, I'm just going to try one more day. I'm going to stick it out one more day. Every single time that you sat down and said, I am going to put in the work to make this list right now. That's a win. That's a yes. huge win uh, that so chills. many people there's, couldn't do, right? There's a reason. There's a reason you're a motivational speaker. I got full body chills on that line. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I think it's so, you're right. I think it's so easy to gloss over the, the resilience that's required on the day-to-day -day life that we have. And so, you know, I think it's having a list like that, that you update regularly, just to remind yourself of- yes what you're doing, you know, of who you are, it can really like, um, it can really like under, you know, gets, it really like combats that compared despair. Yeah. And I, I just think like, why is it so hard for, Oh God, this could be a whole nother conversation. We won't go there, but I was going to say, why is it so hard for us to just accept? I know the reason, but I'm like, why is it so hard for us to just accept that we're freaking awesome? Like, yeah. I, I, I think sometimes that list, you just need that reminder of like, dude, I'm awesome. Like I did yeah. this thing. Like I did all of this. Like I am showing up. I am putting in the work. I am killing it. Right. Like, mm -hmm. and I think we have so much trouble just allowing ourselves to be like, yeah, like I'm doing my freaking best 
And that's good enough. And that's pretty freaking good. And it's better than somebody else who gave up yesterday, right? It's better than where I was before. It's better than where I was three years ago, right? Like, and I think that's what's so important about that. And that's why I love that exercise. And it's so simple, you know, like I I hate when we're given advice where it's like, oh, if you just go do these 10 steps, and do them every day. It will only take you three hours. And like, I know three hours sounds like a lot, but like, it's so not, it's so worth it. Like, no, it's probably not worth it, Becky. Thanks. Um, but like, this is so simple. Like take five, yeah. Stick a timer on your phone. You will probably not write down everything. Right. Because yeah, like you, you've done the thing. Like, I don't care if you're in a side hustle or you just went full-time or you've been full-time for 10 years. Like that right there alone is something to celebrate. The fact that you got out of bed today is something to celebrate. Like, and I think we take those things for granted in terms of like, we're sitting around like, oh, well, everybody got out of bed today. No, there are some people laying in bed who literally cannot motivate themselves to get out of bed today. They can't do it. Like they don't have it in them. So the fact that you did like, that's special. That's something worth celebrating. And I, I just think we forget that. And I think, in, you know, sometimes it sounds cliche to be like, oh, celebrate that you got up today. Like, no, nope, got to celebrate everything. Got to celebrate everything. Yeah, you absolutely. And you know, do. I mean, it's, it's like the capitalistic and patriarchal lens that our culture is built on would have us discount those wins, right? That's the absolutely. reason that we don't celebrate that stuff, right? Because capitalism requires revenue. Capitalism only values revenue and productivity and uh, patriarchy, who could, you know, like whatever, right? So it's like, you know, those are, <laughs> those foundational blocks of our culture really deter us from acknowledging and honoring some of those small wins. So the list is the first of several tips that I have for your people when we get into the summit about how to move through imposter syndrome, but it's a really, really good one that doesn't take very long to, to, to work with. Yes. And I didn't tell her to say that you guys, but, uh, there you go. Like go grab a free ticket to the females on fire summit when it opens up yeah. I'm an incredible speaker for us. Um, but I just, I love this conversation because just like tying it all back together. Like, you know, we said at the beginning, like, I just think we get to this space where it's like, we don't even trust ourselves anymore. And I think, you know, I, I love that you broke down when we started talking about imposter syndrome, you were like, here's what it is. Because I think sometimes we hear the term imposter syndrome and we're like, oh, that has nothing to do with my wins. It has nothing to do with my failures. It has nothing to do with the fact that I'm scrolling social media. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's just something that's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And then we don't want to talk about it because it's like, it's something that's wrong with me. I shouldn't. Right. I don't want anyone to know. Yeah. And I think that's why imposter syndrome has been you know, the past couple of years, like a really hot topic because people are finally stepping up and saying like, why are we all this way? Like, why are we all like this? Why are we all hiding (laughs) and not talking about it? Right. Like I, I just, I think the more we talk about it, the more we normalize the fact that we all feel that way at some point. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is a way out of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to have a day where you're just like, not sure of yourself and you don't trust yourself, but that's why you surround yourself with the right people. Right. And you get the right mentors and you get the right friends and you get the right people in your corner who are like, Hey, where's your list? Right. Like, where's your list? You you seem like you need your list today. If you're not willing to tell yourself how awesome you are, let me tell you, like, let me tell you about it. Let me tell you about the girl I used to know. Right. And I think that's just so, 
so important. I know we've gone through this whole like roller coaster of, of conversation. It's like we've yeah. tapped into so many different things, but I think it all kind of ties back to that conversation of imposter syndrome. And I think I just, I love that exercise of just sitting down and like just reminding yourself like yeah. how awesome. You I mean, are. I think the most powerful way you can show up in your business is knowing who you are and knowing that you can trust yourself, you know, like you're good. You're, you're qualified, you Absolutely. know how to decide, you know? So, um, you know, I think the biggest, what is that line from, um, that movie? It's like the biggest stunt the devil ever pulled was convincing people. They didn't like, he didn't exist or whatever. Oh my God. I butchered that. Yes, I don't know. Whatever. It's like, oh gosh. it's like, I think it's, um, Oh God, it's by, well, uh, uh, Cesar, no, uh, anyway. Okay. Wow. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we gotta look it up after this. It's like, you know, the biggest, the biggest, uh, kind of like, uh, wool that's been pulled over our eyes is convincing us that we can't trust ourselves, that we don't know how to do this. And, you know, it's like, yeah, can we use some guidance? I think I'm always open to getting guidance from somebody I trust or suggestion from somebody I trust, but it's like, at the end of the day, I have to really be, um, embodied and empowered by the fact that like, I make good decisions and I can trust myself to make a decision around my business, you know? So even if it doesn't align with like whatever kind of hustle, hustle culture marketing is out there or whatever. Yes. You know? So, ah, God, I just, I love you. I'm so grateful to be on here chatting with you. Like this was like, we went, we did like some deep. We went deep. We went yeah, really deep. Yes. This was so good. I know we like ran kind of long, but I don't even care. Cause I'm like, this was so good. All right. It was amazing. I love it. We're going to wrap it up with the rapid fire round. Okay. Some fun, quick questions that will uh, lighten it up just a little bit before we close out. But these are always questions that I just love getting the answers to. And I know our listeners love it too, because then they can take some ideas and see what works for them. So are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. What is, and I think we kind of just got the answer to this, but maybe something different. What is one thing that you do every single day that just makes you feel alive and on fire? Oh, I meditate. Love it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Such a good one. What is the last book or podcast that you loved? Oh, okay. So, um, this one is, let's see, what's the last book I love? Oh, my, um, an old mentor of mine who I absolutely love Rosie Acosta is big in the yoga space. She just released a book and audio book called I am radically loved. And I was obsessed. Absolutely loved it. So it was great to listen to that. Yeah. I love that. Shout out Rosie. Uh, if someone asked, about advice on their next investment, mm -hmm. what would you tell them to do? Or what's like a tool or something that you would tell them they have to buy? I would tell them to ask how their coach feels about failure. <laughs> <laughs> I would rewind this podcast, listen to that again. Yes. Um, oh my gosh. I love it. You know, and um yeah, I mean I think that's the that is the biggest thing. And then just to like I think that's what that's it. That's where I want to leave that one there. I'm not really sure what else I would say. I love that. No, I think that's perfect. Go back, listen to the rest of the episode. <laughs> like, <laughs> go hear it again because we need to hear it several times. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Females on Fire, all about shouting out other women and elevating other women. So who is one other woman that you would love to give a shout out to and tell everybody to go follow? Oh my God, there are so many right now. I mean, I feel like, you know, you and I know each other through Powerhouse Women. And so that's been such a great space to connect. And like every single woman that's in our six figure school accelerator there, like I could name all of them. Like, I don't know <laughs> if I should or not. It's like, I don't want to like accidentally miss somebody off of that list. So I'm like, uh. but you know what? Like, I actually just think like it, in the, I think the best way to shout out um, 
creators and um, women who are doing cool stuff is actually just to suggest that everybody go search, you know, go hit your search, hit, hit your social media platforms and go find some entrepreneurial women to follow that maybe have like 3000 followers, you know, like, everybody, yeah. you know, it's like one thing to follow, you know, a platform that has like 60,000 followers on it, but like go follow somebody who has like between two and 5,000 followers and see if you can engage in their content and give them some love on the journey that they're on. Oh, I love that so much because it's like, they'll appreciate it more too. Like not to say that somebody with 60,000 followers doesn't appreciate it, but they probably don't even notice like when one follower comes in, you know, and And it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Like people who have a thousand followers or less or 2000, 3000, 4,000, like they appreciate it so much. So I love that. I love that so much. Last rapid fire question. This one's a toughie. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Oh, well, let's see. You know, this is actually a piece of advice that comes from, I'm a a sober woman in recovery. I've been sober a long time. And one of the things that I learned really early in recovery was the idea of pausing when I was agitated, pause when agitated. And there is some literature around it that refers to it as restraint of pen and tongue. Um, meaning like, don't fire off a text when I'm all wound up, don't call somebody (laughs) up and let them have it when I'm all wound up. But pausing when I'm agitated has actually been great for me in my personal life and in my business life, in large part because like I am very much the like gold star overachiever. I mean, you're the same way, right? We're like these <laughs> overachiever maniacs. And I don't know what so you're when, about. <laughs> when like it goes sideways and the you know the wheels come off, um, I just want to be like, oh, I'm fixing it. Like I just it feels very comfortable to be in action by I'm using air quotes fixing everything. And sometimes uh, we need to just like, let the wheels fall off and see where the pieces are going to fall before we really start to get into action around fixing it. So pausing when agitated to me, it's like, I know I'm agitated when my heart rate goes up, when I get this like kind of frenzied energy happening, when I'm trying to, when it's like, I actually, I know I'm agitated when I'm trying to write an email and send a text at the same time. That's a very good indicator. Just like pause, set it down, go for a walk, get grounded, come back to it in 10, you know, 10 minutes to an hour or whatever. So pause when agitated is absolutely my favorite. I love that. That's such good advice. And I think it like always applies and is always good (laughs) advice. So I love that so much. All right, Heidi, tell everybody where they can find you. Where can they follow along? What are you working on right now? Because I know they're going to want to. I love this. Um, You can find me on Instagram. I'm at Heidi B Coaching. Um, I'm there pretty regularly. So send me, (laughs) get in my DMs. I love having conversations with people on Instagram. Um, And I really only, I only have one offer, which is I only, I only do one-on-one coaching. Um, I have two different sizes of container. Like we can coach for, we can do one-on-one coaching for 12 weeks, or we can do one-on-one coaching for a year and that's it. Um, and so the details are, I'm happy to give you the details. If you want to send me a DM, I love doing one-on-one coaching with my clients, um, because it's just like really incredible to support people on the journey, um, to the vision that they have for their lives and their businesses. It's actually like a, a real blessing. I love that so much. And you guys, her Instagram content is amazing. Oh, so thanks babe. Absolutely. Go give her a follow. All of that information will be in the show notes. So go check that out. Give my girl a follow. You'll love her. You will not be disappointed. I'm sure you already know that, but go do it. Heidi, thank you so freaking much. Thank you. And you guys will see her at the Females on Fire Summit too. So thank you for joining us over there uh, here coming up soon. But thank you so much for joining me today. And just like being so open and so vulnerable, like I appreciate that so much about you. I think you're just (laughs) a person who really walks in integrity. And I just think that's such a valuable thing and such an incredible person. So I'm just so excited that we got to have you today. And I just, I really thank you so much for just your time and and for sharing. 
Thank you, Haley. That's it for this time. Don't forget to head over to the show notes at femalesonfirepodcast.com to grab bonus content from our guests, support the show, or grab your Females on Fire swag. If you loved this episode, give us a quick shout out on Instagram by tagging at Females on Fire. And don't forget to tune in every Wednesday for a brand new episode to keep you fired up for those big dreams.